Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Madeline King. I'm the operations manager here at the IMA. Let me know where you want me to stand, Chelsea. That's the Interference. Um, I know that the IMA's co-directors, Aileen Burns and Yuan Lund, would really love to be here tonight to speak with Daniel, but alas, they're in Hong Kong. Sorry for them. Um, before I introduce tonight's speaker, Daniel Boyd, I would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where we're gathering here for this event tonight and elders both past and present. Um, we are delighted to have artist Daniel Boyd here tonight, more or less fresh from his international studio residency in New York City, which I'm hoping we'll hear a little bit um, about tonight. The IMA staff actually all travelled together to Sydney for the Biennale just over the weekend, and Daniel's work was so well represented throughout the city of Sydney. Um, there was work, his incredible mirrored wall in Redfern, there was work at the Art Gallery in New South Wales, at MCA, um, and also his big solo show at Russell and Oxley, uh, Far North. So we're really grateful for you to take some time out of this insane schedule <laughs> to be here with us tonight. Um, I know that many of you here tonight are, are already quite familiar with Daniel Boyd's work and it's not really surprising given the sort of forceful impact that he's had on contemporary art in Australia in probably just the last decade really. Um, this impact hasn't just been felt here in Australia but around the world. His work was included in last year's Venice Biennale, the year before that, Biennale's in Moscow and Kerala. Um, also in that year, he won the prestigious Bulgari Art Award, and there was also numerous national, international exhibitions, commissions, and acquisitions. So the exhibition surrounding us here and in Gallery One focuses on Daniel's ongoing concern with mapping. The video work next door and the paintings that we see in this space uh, map the stars, the sea and the land. With characteristic sensitivity to history and symbolism, he draws our attention to the way that Western em empires and indigenous communities alike, such as in the, the Pacific, use maps both to understand the world but also to impose their world views. So we're all very fascinated to hear more about this work as part of the IMA's Green Room exhibition. Daniel was born in Cairns, lives in Sydney, but I think this is actually his first solo show in Queensland, is that right? So please join me in warmly welcoming Daniel. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for uh, coming this evening to uh, hear me speak about the work. Um, I'd just like to say it's really great to see uh, all of these works again. Uh, it's been a, a, a few years uh, since I've seen some of them. And um, I guess I should kind of start by um, speaking a little bit about the a kind of surface of the work and give you a, an idea of the kind of um, 
kind of language that the, the surface kind of allows you know, ideas to come through. Um, if you can, I guess if you can understand, uh, or if you do understand um, digital psychology, then you would be familiar with the law of closure, and it's one of the laws that governs um, this, this study of, of, of perception. Um, you may be familiar with the diagrams that people, uh, you know, diagrams of, say, a, a square or a circle that's kind of mapped out by a series of dashes. Um, and so we, you know, when we look at um, a square that's been mapped out by dashes, um, we, we kind of piece it together so we automatically turn it into a square or a circle. And it's kind of similar with these, these works. It's about that, that space between and, and how we, as humans, we kind of um, uh, bring these, these things together. Uh, information that is sometimes quite um, uh, unknown or, or um, things that uh, are dismissed or or parts of our history or our understanding of our place in the universe um, that uh, we just can't comprehend. Or, um, and so um, I guess a good way to think about this, this group of paintings is by looking at the, the video work that's in the next room. And um, I think the video work, uh, History's Made at Night, was um, about the kind of expanse of time and, and also about how we, we relate to time and space. And so all of these, these ideas, all these kind of objects that are in these um, paintings, they, they kind of act as a, um, uh, you know, I guess my own personal experience. And, um, who I am as a, as a human and what that kind of, um, all of those ideas that come through my, 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 my work um, is kind of grounded in that idea of um, space and time and um, acknowledging that we can't fully comprehend the past, um, how we ended up here, you know, in the beginning of the universe and also acknowledging uh, that we can't fully comprehend our future and where we're going. So it's kind of, um, uh, like with the, the video work, it's about, um, well, to me it's quite literal, you know, having a, a mirrored video work, it's about, you know, that idea of, you know, time travel and space and, and um, uh, you know, when you think about um, the quickest point, uh, quick, quickest way from point A to B, um, that idea of like folding space um, you know, time travel, all of that kind of plays out in the works, but it's also uh, about, you know, understanding our place in the universe or not being able to understand it. So, um, the, the, the surface of the works, um, uh, if you think about, you know, law of closure again, the it's important to understand that there is, there are all these things that exist within that, that kind of, um, the black space between 
the dots and the information um, within those dots. So it's about the relationships that uh, all of those individual marks on the canvas have uh, with each other. So it's, it's kind of about you know, the relationships um, of um, you know, people and, and different ideas and the, this, the, the other way um, I kind of came to uh, this type of uh, you know, making, making, making these paintings and um, it was kind of grounded in, in this idea of perception and um, each, each of those individual dots is meant to represent a lens so it's about how we uh, individually see something and how collectively we also see, see things as well and, and, and understand our, our existence. So it kind of, you know, um, I, I guess uh, maybe I should speak a little bit about my background and where um, I grew up. So I grew up in Cairns. I, all of my family were either part of the stolen generation or slaves brought uh, from the Pacific to work in the plantations in Queensland. And so a lot of my work um, is about my experience, but then how other people can relate to, to that. Um, I, my family were all mostly a part of the Anglican mission just outside of Cairns called Yarraba. And my great great grandfather was brought from Vanuatu um, to Far North Queensland to work in the plantations. Um, so there are some of these works that. Uh, reference uh, the island that he's from um, directly and this is one of them um, and there are the two paintings at the back as well uh, and they're, they're kind of based on um, a form of storytelling on the island that he was from. I, I came across this particular design they so they, they would tell the, what they believe is there was no kind of verbal language. They told their stories through these sand drawings that they made. And this was one of the designs that you had to learn um, so that you could pass through to the afterlife. So it was like your rite of passage to the afterlife. And uh, there's, a, there's a story that goes along with it. and. Um, I, I found this on Flickr. Um, I've never been, I haven't been back to Pentecost Island yet in Vanuatu. Um, and so it was really interesting to me, and it kind of touches on these works as well, um, in the way that uh, objects uh, translate between different places and landscapes, um, different contexts. Uh, for example, these, these works like this one is now in the Cambridge uh, Museum, the museum in, in Cambridge. Um, and it's a, a navigation chart from the Marshall Islands. I, I first started looking at these 
these navigation charts in 2011, I think. And the first one I came across was at the British Museum in London, and I'd been looking at uh, the Enlightenment period and a lot of um, and, and science. And um, I had a, a residency at the Natural History Museum in London, um, so I was kind of coming to terms with this project um, and my relationship to a place like this, being an, an Aboriginal Australian. Um, and so uh, there was that <coughs> there was that kind of uh, interest in uh, you know how how museums um, hold uh, objects and um, and how they they're dealing with how they exist uh, today. Uh, also looking at the legacy of museums and. Um, and also um, how they're evolving. So these, there was a particular uh, navigation chart from the Marshall Islands that I saw there, and I was kind of really taken by the, the beauty of, of this object and uh, the kind of function of this object and what it would what it would do in the Marshall Islands, but then how uh, how it kind of um, translates to a museum context in in London, uh, and um, and how how people understand it in those different places in the different contexts. You have the person the, who who made uh, this navigation chart. So there's that kind of um, the story of uh, this object and it being made and then how it was used uh, you know, uh, practically and uh, um, so they would they would kind of memorize I think this one is a good example to understand it but the um, it's uh, made from palm um, the fibers from the palm and also the white, the, the white kind of parts of the painting are the uh, shells which map out the islands. Uh, <coughs> and so they would memorize these maps. They wouldn't take them on the, on the boat with them. Um, they, would, they would memorize them and understand the, the, the currents and the swells through uh, this, um, this mapping of of that, that, that place, of that landscape. Um, and also, I was kind of uh, thinking about navigation pre-colonial um, contact here in um, uh, the British, um, the Dutch, and how they used, you know, Spanish, Portuguese, how they used um, uh, navigation during the age of discovery and kind of, um, you know, in relationship to, to kind of uh, expanding um, their, um, their states. And uh, I was kind of thinking about <coughs> um, navigation, you know, predating that. So, and, and also how the 
this has kind of become uh, an obsolete form of, of navigation. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that kind of transference of um, uh, information, how when it's moved, uh, how it loses a lot of its kind of associated memory or stories or um, uh, yeah, the kind of like narrative that's associated with it. And um, I was kind of just, yeah, I guess I was taken by the beauty of the object in the beginning. And, um, and so, uh, coming back to the, these, these work, the, the, the sand drawings, um, I was interested in that idea of you know, finding it on, um, on Flickr um, uh, through an anthropologist who documented the sand drawing and someone had uploaded it to the internet and how that kind of comes back to me, the kind of um, uh, the way uh, knowledge passes um, through all of these different channels um, to come back to me and uh, the kind of journey of this idea um, which is my kind of rite of passage to the afterlife. So it was um, it was it was quite an important uh, shift in um, my I'd, I'd kind of been looking at things that weren't so personal and then all of the work from this particular show kind of made me think about my ancestry or my lineage um, in a more focused way and this these works were a part of that kind of um, that shift and uh, I had that, that particular one down there it was in um, I, I made it for a, for a for a show at Ross and Oxley called New Hebrides. And um, uh, Vanuatu was previously called New Hebrides. It was a British-French condominium. And uh, it was New Hebrides when my great-great-grandfather was brought out here. So I was kind of speaking about how language and shifting things um, uh, relate them to a, a point in time that um, was quite specific to my ancestry. Um, I, it was for sale and then um, I, during the exhibition I kind of realized that it was too important to sell so um, I told my gallery that it wasn't, it wasn't for sale anymore um, and now I, I I've given it to my father, um, and that kind of, um, I think that was uh, quite important as well. Uh, even though I don't know the, I haven't been taught this story or how to, how to draw this story in the sand, it's kind of important that uh, people understand how I came to be here in Queensland and 
making art. It's about that, you know, the process of who I am as a person and um, how I kind of came to be uh, making works about uh, this story. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, um, I think, um, actually, I could maybe speak about other works that uh, relate to these ones and maybe uh, the in particular, the work that I made for the Venice Biennale, All the World's Futures, it, um, it, I had four paintings and they all referenced the particular navigation chart. And the navigation chart that I referenced is, it's held at the Penn State uh, University Museum. And before it came to the collection, it was in, Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, personal uh, collection. And Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Treasure Island. And it kind of also was about the relationship to my earlier work that referenced Treasure Island. And uh, it was kind of also about how we, um, how, how literature can inform our perceptions of a landscape or a place or um, and in particular, thinking about Treasure Island in relationship to the Pacific, uh, how how that can uh, play out, and um, and so I took uh, this uh, navigation chart, and uh, it kind of extended that idea of the movement of this object because it went from um, you know the navigation chart that was being used in the Marshall Islands that was given to Robert Louis Stevenson uh, during his voyage to Samoa and um, when he died uh, it was then auctioned and then the Penn State Museum now have it in their collection. So I was kind of tracing that, the movement of this object and the kind of the history of this object through through time and, um, and kind of touching on those ideas of um, transference of knowledge or, and how um, things can be lost in that, in that, that movement of the object. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of, uh, the the last work that I made um, uh, in relationship to the stick maps. I kind of felt like it was uh, a nice way to close that. Um, but the these these the two paintings, the, the first one that I made of this the uh, the sand drawing um, is going to be a, a, con a continuous motif that will kind of um, show up uh, again and again. I think it's, um, uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, that, that idea of, you know, that you have to learn this so that you can, you know, go to paradise is quite a beautiful thing to think about. And, um, 
that's kind of why I wanted my father to, to have that work um, was because uh, he's kind of disconnected from that part of his heritage and uh, like myself and, uh, and it's quite important for me that he, he knows that other part of his lineage as well. All those, those stories, all those, um, uh, those ideas that relate to Pentecostal Han and Vanuatu. Um, 